Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. And I'm your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Hello, Chris. Hey, Dave. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute. Happy to be back. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So we've moved on to Minute 48. And this minute starts with Scotty continuing his thought from one surgeon to another and ends with David and Savick stumbling through the snow and seeing something. 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 First first half of the minute, we're on the Enterprise. Second half, we're on Planet Genesis. Genesis? (laughs) I miss him already. Please no. All these moments like come and go, like you know, this we don't get to see the alien from the bar anymore. We don't get to see the Excelsior anymore. You know, it's like ah, oh, I don't think we get to see Admiral Moreau. Moreau, I get his name wrong every time. We don't see him anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's that's what happens in a movie. We we generally move forward. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Ever forward. <laughs> that's how movies work, Chris. Uh, all right. So, we were speculating in the last minute what's, what Scotty had done. Yes. And this is this is the answer. He took whatever those things are out of the main transwarp computer drive. I still find that incredibly... Um, that's bad. I just feel like that if you could take those three or four little things out of the drive that it completely cripples the Excelsior. I feel like that's just a bad fail safe. Well, I think it's, I think, I think the only answer to your complaint is what Scotty said. The more they overthink the plumbing, the easier it is to stop up the drain. Maybe. Pulled that tiny little fuse. Caused a cascade ripple. Nothing works. Yeah, I guess. You think, you think though it would have at least, um, they, they can't have warp drive. Yeah, I don't. They couldn't have, I, you know, pursued that's, and warp. So that's a that's a fantastic question that you you bring up there. Is thanks. <laughs> so is transwarp the only available speed they have? Post, you know, you know, light speed. Like, do they? I would think of it in terms of hey, you have warp speed, and then you also have the transwarp, or is it just you have a transwarp drive and that's the only speed you can go? I guess I'm just very confused, and I'm hoping that you know people in the Federation may be able to enlighten me a little more about the differences between warp and transwarp speed. Like, obviously, we're supposed to believe that transwarp is much faster, but sure, is it? You know, I, I just don't understand how you compare the two. Like, what is? Like, obviously, if I'm going warp one, am I going? Is that equivalent to transwarp point five, or is that? You know, how do you equate? I, I guess I'm like I said. Is it apple? It's not an obviously an apples to apples comparison, or maybe it is. Maybe I'm overthinking. Oh, it. Uh, right. I see what you're saying. So you're saying is transwarp a different technology 
like the spore drive in discovery like a completely different technology or is trans warp just i can now go warp you know 10 and greater yeah i, I mean, yeah is that, that, is that what it is it, or is it something yeah. simple as here in the united states we register everything by miles per hour in canada they do <laughs> kilometers per hour i mean is it is it that simple like transwarp but every impression i'm given is that transwarp is much faster than so that's from your original question is you know don't they have warp speed it just sort of makes me think about like well how does it all work what did they have in um into darkness wrath of con 2 what did they have (laughs) wrath of con 2 the electric boogaloo The well, remember the Enterprise is in warp, and uh, I don't remember the bad guy. There's so much thing, so many things that just oh, the admiral, slipped. the admiral guy, yeah, Marcus, Marcus Admiral right? Marcus, Marcus has that. He has that giant ship that, that giant ship. that chases him through the warp drive. Yeah, I, it doesn't. I it, out, it outruns them, right? It oh, it totally does. But yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was trans warp. Um, I think they just were a faster ship faster but I, I saw i thought i i thought i did other things too like it wasn't able to shoot at them when they were in warp or something it just had all yeah. sorts of crazy powers but we always have to be bigger and better as you know, every new film we gotta have something crazier here comes old man lasalle <laughs> why can't it all be the same i want my old star trek back all right <laughs> so uh, this this the rest of this bridge scene for me meh. I, it's I'm not. I don't know. It doesn't do anything for me. Like, okay, the the it, the, it was funny. Scotty's line was funny. Yeah, he pulled the batteries out. Yeah. Uh, I guess McCoy's pretty pretty classic <laughs> reaction. McCoy, yeah. nice of you to tell me in advance. Clearly, he's been having a heart attack for the last few minutes, thinking they're going to get, you know, run over. But it's just like, is it like four jokes in a row? Just every line is a joke. Well, I think this is yeah. I think this is the problem I start to have with the the movies is that it becomes one. You know, it's almost like one upsmanship. It's like here we have the joke of the jalopy. Scotty has the joke of the plumbing. I took these out of the computer. Hey, thanks for missing the staff meeting. Oh, ba boom, da ding, da do. You know, hey, you know, I'm gonna recommend you all for promotion and whatever. Hey, do You know. I just feel like this is becomes the problem with and I, and I feel like they reined it in a little bit in the next movie, but I feel like in five and six they definitely try to do more of that one-upsmanship, especially in six with a lot of the, you know, the Shakespeare and the and the quotes, you know, I like the it just becomes too it, it it just it's too much and it collapses. It just makes it un un yeah. it doesn't make it fun to watch. It's it's. It's interesting because we had what it was a it was you know just a few minutes ago we I think we called it laugh a second right there was a there was a string of jokes in the in the minute we watched I think it was don't call me tiny you know that that whole sequence and we said that was hilarious yep. and that was like but it was like just all those yeah, jokes I lined don't... up all worked and this one yeah no so I think that yeah I feel like. Sometimes I feel like it's the comedian delivering the line, and sometimes the the comedian is just not good. And I don't know if I know. Shatner comes in with maybe one or two zingers, but I feel like he is just not a comedian. 
here's a here's a question for you does it does this do these jokes not work because of shatner's uh expression when he says in whatever fleet we end up serving he makes this face like like he wants to be on a sitcom whatever fleet, his eyebrows go up and his eyes bug out whatever fleet we end up serving <laughs> well i feel like it's I, I just feel like it's forced these are jokes that are forced Whereas I feel like the other ones, like you said, I feel like they just sort of flowed together. They, they they played on the situation and they sort of worked. Here, I feel like the jokes are sort of, and and it could be, and I and I'm, and again, I don't know how they filmed this, you know. And we talked about this last minute about the, and I know we talked about it with Ted and you know Sully, was the uncomfortableness that surrounded Shatner and the rest of the actors. Oh. And maybe this scene just sort of, they just wanted to get it done, and they just sort of like, here it is. Like, we're just going to outline these jokes, no matter how good or bad they are delivered, and here you have it. And I feel like, you know, you have the other jokes that, you know, like you you brought up that whole week of, like, where it was just like a joke a minute. And, you know, there was one particular minute that was just, it was one joke after the other. I didn't feel like they just worked. Yeah, <clears throat> that's interesting. You, you wonder where this, when this scene was shot in the production cycle. You know, was it was it early on? You know, was it near the end? And everybody's just sick of it. <laughs> well, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm wondering is like, is this like, or was this a reshoot and everyone didn't want to get together? And it's like, oh my God, I, have, I can't believe I have to stand around with these guys for another week and just get these, you know, just let's just deliver yeah. our lines. I find I'm very aware now too in doing these minutes after talking to Ted about how all the scenes were set up and you know the static cameras and, and I'm very like oh yeah because you have, you have one yeah. like you have one camera shot in this minute where the camera like follows McCoy as he's walking over and then you know the Kirk talks about the staff meeting and uh, but everything else is just cameras just sitting in one place and, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the difference yeah, in in Voyage Home to see how different everything is shot. Well, I feel like, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and just lastly about the jokes, I would just say that I, I thought the joke where he says that's what you get for missing the staff meeting, I thought that was good because it plays off McCoy's little, you know, his grumpiness. But it's like, end it. Like, I feel like they could have gotten rid of the whole I intend to recommend you for a promotion and whatever. I feel like you could have just said, you know, gentlemen, your work today has been outstanding. Best be to Genesis. Like, I feel like you could have just had that one joke and then just move on. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, uh, that would have improved the scene for sure. And, and even with Scotty, you know, the more you overthink the plumbing, the easier it is to stop up the drain. And then he's like, hey, from one surgeon to another, you know, I feel like, again, cut out the, you could just say, you could have just said, you know, the more you overthink the plumbing, the easier it is to stop up the drain. Or you could have even, you know, I know we're, we're, we're writers and we could improve this <laughs> script, you know, immensely. Right. But I just feel like, you know, removing one joke from each one of the actors might have improved the flow of the scenes yeah. better. And maybe not, you know, over overwhelmed us with this just bad right. comedy. And I think there's there's a it's it's a. It's a pattern. It's a it's a pattern too. The, the, you know, when you see in films, you know, after usually after a really tense sequence, uh, you know, they usually diffuse the tension a little bit with, you know, a joke or a bit of humor or you know something right. something to lighten just lighten the moment. And I think they're just trying too hard here. They just, let's try it six right. times instead of one. No, I agree. Oh, get off this bridge. So yes, yeah, so we uh, 
they zip away and um, then we're on uh, Genesis and you know we've we've have or I will say I have criticized the sets and the scenes immensely um, on the Genesis planet particularly you know the desert and the jungle and now the snow and I feel like they have done a little bit better job setting up this scene and maybe because it just does not look as fake as the other ones and maybe because they're using like real snow uh, okay <laughs> I my note was welcome back to the original series <laughs> <laughs> but we I didn't say it was perfect I said it was better, or I'm going to say that, if I didn't say it, I'm going to say it was it's better than it was before. Um, yeah, it's it's better than, the, I, I think I know what you mean, it's better than the other shots we've seen, we've said it, like, oh my god, we're clearly on a soundstage, you know, we're, this is not a jungle, right. this is not a desert, it's soundstage, soundstage, and I think just the way, <clears throat> so I think this doesn't feel like that. All the all the cactuses and the snow to me still look fake, but I don't. At least I don't feel like they I, do. I don't feel like I'm on a soundstage. The, the, maybe it's because the, the shots are tighter yes. in on the actors. Um, and right, that might be it. Yeah, I feel again. I'm, I feel we're, we're we're improving, so the scenes are getting better, and I feel like the wind blowing around gives it a sense of realism. The snow. I can almost feel like they're cold, but then yeah, you see some of the cactuses and you and you and you look at it and you're like, okay, that's fake. But I, I don't know. I I feel like they're improving. Like I don't know. Again, we talked about like, is this in an order thing? Like maybe they sort of. I don't know. Is Nimoy improving as a director here, or am I just overthinking this? <laughs> I think I think you're I think you're putting some wishes in there. Maybe is what. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wishing that Nimoy is improving the production of the movie. Uh, maybe I I I do like the scene. I I I'm I again we've complained about the other Genesis stuff. This one I liked. Um, one of my first notes of this though is when it first starts up. Um, you've got the the wind howling, snow blowing, and you've got the tricorder beeping. And I was like, yeah. oh man, this is like almost exactly when Chekhov and Terrell beamed down to, to uh, City Alpha Five. The sand was blowing. Yeah. Right. There was sand everywhere. The, the wind was howling. The sand was blowing, and the tricorder was beeping. It was like almost the same. Like I wanted to play them yep. next to each other and hear if it, it just all sounded the same. Uh, so I liked that moment just for that. No, I I agree. I I definitely feel like that invokes evokes the yeah. the feeling of Wrath of Khan. It, I, I wholeheartedly agree, and that's and when I hear the beeping, that's all I can think of is Chekhov and Terrell. This is the garden spot. And the the other note I had, uh, right near the end, like minute second six second fifty, uh, Savick has her phaser drawn, and like pulled up, yeah. and I'm like, wow, she looks pretty badass in that moment. <laughs> she looks like she's ready for whatever's coming. I don't necessarily like the way she slowly raises it, because it almost looks a little awkward. So, from second forty-seven to fifty, she sort of just sort of slowly raises right. it up, and I feel like it looks a little bit awkward. I can almost hear Nimoy offset going higher, raise the phaser higher. 
So you didn't want her to just like just whip it out and. <laughs> well, that's what I I would figure. Like if you're gonna pull it out and raise it up, you sort of in one motion you get it up into position. She sort of is like. Ding. Um, but I, but I agree with you. I think once she gets it into position and you have her and David, I feel like Robin Curtis there looks pretty badass. Yeah, she does. And I, and we, and I, I think, I don't know. I don't think we mentioned Kirstie Alley in a while. And I, and I think that's, and I don't think we will, I think we will continue to talk about her less and less and less. Uh, like I'm at this point in the film, I'm buying, Robin Curtis is Savick. Like, I think I talked about this early on in, in the season. Was that after rewatching Search for Spock again prior to starting the season up, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I is that initial kind of uh, adjustment, but then yeah, I'm I'm in. Robin Curtis is Savick. I'm in, and, and I think at this point I'm in. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I agree. Okay. John Jonathan Carlyle, be damned. I agree. <laughs> We seem to say his name a lot. We do. In... <laughs> Former guest of the show, Jonathan Carlyle. Would agree. Yes. Continuity-wise, uh, Savick has the phaser raised uh, up, and David hides behind her as they yeah. go off screen. And then as soon as they turn the corner, she no longer has the phaser in her hand because yeah. she grabs David with that hand. Oops. Um, so then we come to, at the end of this minute, um... Oh, but wait, oh. wait, before, before you get to the end, that moment right yep. there, that's when I said, welcome back to the original series, they're standing in front of a styrofoam wall <laughs> in that shot when she grabs him oh, by yeah. the shoulder. <laughs> that's, that's right out of the caves uh, of the original series. That's just, which is great. Um, and then we get to that last shot of we seeing, and, and, to Nemo's credit, I really like the way they set this up um, and how they sort of turn and how they have that sort of V-shape where it tunnels us right into seeing the little... Uh, at this point, we see a humanoid at the end of this minute. Um, we don't know anything more other than we just see... We can clearly see the hair, naked, humanoid in the snow. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this offline and you had corrected me, you know, I was like, "Oh, well, this is the this is the first time we see Spock as a kid." And you were like, "Well, this is really in this minute, this is the first time we see something. It's a humanoid. It's and, you know, uh, if, if we put ourselves back in the, in the theater in 84, this first flash that we see <clears throat> is you can't really tell if this is a child or not, right? It's cuz he's so far right, away. Yeah. And uh, like, oh, I never, I, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, you know, I'm just, you know, obviously wired into. We, we know this is this is a, a child. Um, yeah, we know. But uh, we, we we know. But yeah, it's just it's yeah. it's it's fun with the. With, it's fun and it's not fun with the hindsight because I really wish I had you know better memory of. I remember this exact moment and I was like, oh my god, there's you know, is that Spock? <laughs> How many times have I said that? In this right. Show? Yeah. Is it Spock? Is it Spock? Um, so yeah, I think it's a that's a it's a nice touch. We don't know exactly what we're seeing yet. And what a great way to end the minute, right? It's like a cliffhanger. Who, who is it? Yeah. What is it? Oh yeah, like who? What is that? Could be some little gremlin or some little tro- some little troll. <laughs> troll. I'm picturing like leprechaun or something like that. <laughs> um, could just be another evolved micro- microbe. Could be. Could I mean, be. we saw the. You know the the weird plankton 
uh, sh shrimp things, flat, weird <laughs> space amoebas <laughs> that evolved. Like the, the plankton shrimp amoebas? Yeah, those. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's all the notes I had for this one. It was, you know... Yeah, this is, a, a this is of, kind of a quick minute. Yeah, it's a quick minute. It's, you know, that... Ugh, the, the All the stuff we didn't need on the bridge... And yep. really, this is the lead into the next couple of uh, next couple of minutes. Some goodness in the next couple of minutes. So it's a bit of a bridge scene, as it were. Yep. Oh yeah, definitely. All right. Well, shall we wrap it up? Yes. All right, folks. Well, we want to just uh, every once in a while, we want to give a shout out to uh, the boys over at the Star Wars Minute, Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson. They're the gentlemen that got this whole movies by minutes podcast format started all those years ago um so if you want to uh you know if you've got a favorite movie that you want to hear analyzed one minute at a time other than the star trek films uh you should go check out moviesbyminutes.com there's a whole inventory of all the different podcasts that are out there and uh definitely check them out and we're going to be back on friday talking about minute 49 of the search for spock here at the star trek minute bye now bye